0: welcome to episode one of showing love a new york knicks podcast slash personal audio diary i am your enthusiastic host and frequent new york knicks subreddit poster not lamar 95 now the purpose of this series is my way of archiving my experiences rooting for the 2020 2021 new york knicks i consider myself an amateur podcaster but I really haven't been motivated to record anything since COVID shut down my usual recording station. But with a little help from my big bro junior, I was able to get my hands on a mic, and my desire to record is back. And what better way to break in my new mic than to record my current passion, the New York Knicks. So, I've decided to record and document all the highs and lows rooting for this year's team and share my experience with all you guys and gals from my favorite Knicks-based subreddit. So now that you've heard my story, there'll be a short intermission, but when I return, I will be previewing the Knicks upcoming February schedule and much like Valentine's Day, there might be plenty for our Knicks to love this month. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Showing Love with your host, Not Lamar 95 I want to kick things off by recapping the Knicks' grueling January schedule and to try to put that month into perspective. First off, 9 of the 16 games we played in January were on the road, and that's including a 4-game West Coast road trip. And the Knicks weren't short on tough matchups either, since 10 of those games were against teams who made the playoffs last year. And Knicks Knicks fans everywhere had to toil through the worst stretch of basketball all season, watching the Knicks go on a five-game losing streak against Oklahoma City, Denver, Charlotte, Brooklyn, gross, and Cleveland. There was also that time the Knicks went three straight games scoring less than 90 points. No, we weren't playing the Pacers in the 90s. And while this wasn't in January, our 17-point loss to Toronto in December where he went 3 for 36 from behind the arc, should never be forgotten. Never. <sighs> with the horrors we've seen this month, I'm okay with our guys going 7-9 in January. It was enough for an overall record of 9-12. Good for 9th in the East as of January 31st, 2021. I think the toughest part of our schedule is over. Enter February. We get nine matches against teams under 500 three of them against the worst teams in the league but quick shout out to washington for beating the nets on january 31st beal westbrook y'all all all right y'all all all right anyway the knicks get a five game home stand with some favorable matchups and finally the knicks play no more than two straight road games before returning for a home game even though adam silver and the NBA schedule makers did everything in their power to screw us over in January. It's only fitting that they show us some love in February. Now it's only right that I put what little credibility I have on the line and make some predictions about how well our boys will do this month. Let me break down how I think this February should play out. We start off the month with a two-game road trip against Chicago, right? The Bulls recently lost their center Wendell Carter Jr. to a quad injury, and that leaves their paint wide open for players like Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, and possibly Obi Top in The Feast. However, our first game against Chicago will be on the heels of a back-to-back. We could very easily drop this game because of fatigue, and we also have a record of 2-2 when we play games with no rest. So I think the Ducks will have to just settle for splitting our two-game road trip against Chicago. Splitting our road trip against the Bulls looks bad at first, but you gotta remember, what we're really preparing for is our rematch against Melo, Dame, and what's left of the Blazers at MSG. When we last played Portland, they absolutely smoked us in the first half. Everything 23 feet and out was a certified bucket, but in the second half, the Knicks started clamping those boys up. Victory for the Knicks was possible, until Portland cowardly started using the zone against us, which was the equivalent of spamming low kicks in Tekken. I guarantee if there was a 5th quarter, we would've won by 10 points easy. Anyway, Yusuf Nurkic and CJ McCollum will still be out when they play us, and Portland is currently on a 7 game road trip, so Dame should be nice and worn out when he comes to MSG for his beating. Now here's where it gets tricky. We have two matchups against Miami, a team that's been riddled with injuries and COVID scares from their best players from the start of the season but Jimmy Butler has returned to the starting lineup, and the roster will be even healthier by the time they play the Knicks. Miami's gonna be a scary team all February. I expect the Heat to be hot on the heels of the Knicks all February since they're looking to reassert themselves as the team to beat in the East. I'm gonna have to call another series split, but with the caveat that only the road team will win their games. With two losses already accounted for five games in, this take feels a little too reasonable and level-headed. Allow me to fix that. I got our Knicks going on a winning streak, rattling off dubs against Washington. Sorry you guys, your defense is trash and the only New York team you're allowed to beat is Brooklyn. We're going to beat Houston, whose new offense looks much better now that Victor Oladipo and Eric Horner are playing well, but they haven't really played a good defensive team yet so I'm only 60% sold on them. Atlanta is going to be a tough matchup for us, but I still see it as a very winnable game. We're gonna smoke Orlando. They're a team that's missing both Markel Fult and Aaron Gordon to injury. And with how bleak things are, the Magic might strongly consider tanking this year. We're beating San Antonio, simply because I can't stand the Spurs as a concept. But, you know, Coach Pop, DeMar DeRozan, and DeJounte Mary, y'all are pretty cool. And Minneapolis. The T-Wolves are a terrible franchise and are possibly cursed. Easy clap. Finally, The Knicks' winning streak will crescendo when they beat the Warriors again in Madison Square Garden. Okay, even I can admit that this might be a bit of a stretch. The Knicks will be the third game on Golden State's four-game East Coast road trip, so I'm hoping fatigue wears out Golden State's bench production. Kelly Oubre Jr. has gone from being an atrocious three-point shooter to simply being streaky. The Knicks will have to bet on a poor offensive night from Kelly, because his defense is legit. Draymond Green, who was tossed early in our first matchup, will definitely be ready for us. But his offensive production outside of playmaking is almost non existent. Allowing Green to shoot and tightly covering his playmaking options should be part of the game plan to stop him. Andrew Wiggins looks like a most improved player candidate now that he plays for a real organization, and Stephen Curry is playing in MVP form, making him liable to go for 40 any night. The Knicks are going to need a lot of luck this time around to beat the Warriors. In a perfect world, the momentum and confidence the Knicks have built up from their previous wins will prepare them for this hypothetical yet glorious battle. Our streak will end against the Sacramento Kings. I don't have a great explanation for why this happens, outside of the streak needing to end somewhere. I'm not that delusional. But I am rooting for Obi Toppin to dunk on either Tyrese Halliburton, Marvin Bagley III, or Hassan Whiteside. We finished the month off with a back to back against Indiana and Detroit. This will be our fourth back to back for the month and you might have already guessed it, but I see the Knicks splitting these two games. We will lose to Indiana and beat Detroit. At the end of the month, I got the Knicks going 11 and four in February with an overall record of 20 and 16. This should be good enough for seven or eighth in the Eastern Conference. Well, that was some steamy Knicks fanfiction. I could go for a quick cigarette break, but when I return, I'll be kicking off my monthly segment who will ball and who will fall where i predict the nick whose play will be sick or just plain ick we'll be right back welcome back to showing love with your host not lamar 95 thank you for your patience and let's get on with the next segment Now, I've made it clear that I see the Knicks February schedule as a snack, so I have to ask which one of our guys is poised to take advantage of this seemingly soft schedule and who will just straight up play like garbage and become the victim of a never ending dragging in forms everywhere and become the loose end included in daily trade scenarios. Well, before we obviously dogpile on Alfred Payton, I want to explain how who will ball and who will fall works. First rule: I must pick two Knicks to ball and two Knicks to fall, and provide an explanation on why they will succeed and fail. And my second rule: I must make at least two predictions for each player chosen to ball or fall. For an example, um, player of the week, or maybe to get a minutes reduction or a scratch, or maybe to get like 30 points a game a couple of times. I don't know. And I also have to recap uh, the predictions at the end of the month and take my lumps for what I obviously get wrong. And you know, maybe see where I'm getting get something right. Who knows? Now, with that out the way, let's start with our first and obvious candidate for who will fall. And it is our contentious starting point guard, Alfred Payton. This pains me to do this, obviously. My first prediction for Payton will be that he will be benched for Emmanuel quickly by our 10th February game. So give or take February 20th, the latest. My second prediction for Payton will be that he's going to average around 17 to 20 minutes per game for the month and that will leave a little room for frank nita and dennis smith jr to get playing time now payton kicked off the first three weeks of the season as our undisputed starting point guard providing steady play throughout december and early january with huge performances in our wins against the bucks the pacers and our first matchup against the utah jazz unfortunately during our five game losing streak payton pretty much just fell off a cliff production wise and he hasn't really recovered since his poor play and the rise of quickly has turned most of the Nick subreddit and fanbase against him, calling for him to be benched, tarred, feathered, and launched from a cannon and into the sun. As As a Payton defender, I just wanna say that I have no real regrets backing up Payton for as long as I did. Hell, I still plan to cheer for Payton when he inevitably dribbles into multiple defenders and forces up a tough layup, but the quickly hype has become too loud to ignore. So my only hope for Peyton is that he can find a new role playing with our second unit while still playing staggered minutes with the starters. So he's not necessarily phased out of whatever offense Tibbs is trying to run. I still think Peyton provides value onto this team as a perimeter defender and his ability to, to attack the rim is a skill that he has that very few players on the Knicks can consistently do. That alone, at least to me, justifies giving Peyton some burn even if it is in a reduced role. That, and also because of the fact that he has a no-trade clause on his contract, which means he ain't going—he ain't really going anywhere. The way I see it, we're just trying to squeeze as much value out of Peyton as we can reasonably expect to get before we eventually move on to a better point guard option. The other Knicks set to fall in February is the second youngest player on the roster and our 2018 ninth overall pick, Kevin Knox. My predictions for Knox are at least five DMP coaches' decisions this month, And only two games where he clocks in more than 12 minutes played. This was not an enjoyable call for me to make. I have a soft spot for Knox and I really thought he was going to be able to play well for us this season. While the Knicks were suffering through shooting woes during our five game losing streak, Knox was our only consistent three-point shooting threat, going 13 for 25 from behind the arc during the stretch. And in our blowout loss to Charlotte, he scored a season-high 19 points while hitting five threes, matching his career high. But, Berks and Rivers are back, and they're playing well. There's very little room for Knox to get time now. And that's not even including Reggie Bullock, who will be getting playing time even though he's coming off of a neck injury. Knox has been money from the short corner three. Actually, can we start calling him corner pocket Kev from now on? Like with two Ks? Well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to start doing that. Anyway, he's been money from the short corner three, And he also has the physical tools to be a good defender, but he's just struggling with consistency. I just don't think this is his month to shine. Honestly, I can only hope that Knox stays ready and takes advantage of whatever opportunities he gets this month, because the only time he's getting off the bench is to help Theo Penson with cheerleading. Ugh, this, this segment was very draining. I'm gonna need a quick break, but when I return, things will be a little bit more lighthearted as I go through my picks for who's set to ball this February. I'll be right back. Hey y'all, welcome back to Showing Love with your host Lamar 95 Now let's get started with my picks for who's going to ball this February. The first candidate will be our uber-athletic 8th overall pick, Obi Toppin. My predictions are, Obi is going to average around 7-9 to nine points per game with 5-6 to six rebounds per game and just under 2 assists per game for February. And he's also going to have 3 games where he plays for more than 20 minutes. Obi Toppin has been having a rough start to his rookie campaign. A right calf injury sidelined him for three weeks after his first game against the Pacers, and since his return, I've noticed a more conservative approach to his offensive game. Obi's simply trying to figure out how to best contribute in the limited minutes he gets, but it's made him more hesitant as a result. But I can't be too worried. Obi only has 10 games under his belt this season. Since I refuse to count his 52nd appearance against the Nets as a game, and in the games he has played, he's been asked to play against teams with formidable front courts like Indiana, Cleveland twice, Orlando, Sacramento, Utah, and recently, the Clippers. This moment for him has been a long welcome to the NBA moment, and he's done his best to adapt. Since our usual backup center, Nerlens Noel, is suffering from a groin injury, Obi's minutes should trend upwards early in February, since his main competition for those backup minutes is Taj Gibson. No shade to Taj, of course, but I just think he'd be better suited as a buffer for Obi when we play tough frontcourt matchups like Miami or Orlando. I also like the budding synergy between Obi and Quickly that we've seen glimpses of in January. Quickly's probing, live dribble playstyle combined with Obi's desire to be a role man looking for lobs is just a perfect fit on paper. And with how well Quickly's been playing, I'm willing to hedge my bets on their potential two man game being good. And it could be good enough to elevate OB stats and more importantly, his confidence. Plus, haven't you seen this man dunk? My dude can levitate. How could you not root for him to succeed this month? Seriously? And now, for my final pick for the Nick set to ball all February. You've probably seen this coming. It's Emmanuel Jalen Quickly. A real shocker, I know. My predictions. IQ will win Rookie of the Month in February, and he's gonna do it averaging 15 plus points per game while being top three in three-pointers made for rookies in February. And Emmanuel Jalen quickly will have not one, not two, but three 30-point games this month. Guarantee! Yeah, I'm going extra hard hyping up IQ for February, but can you blame me? He's been playing swimmingly for us coming off the bench, providing us much needed perimeter shooting and has already made the floater a signature shot that needs to be taught to the next generation of young ballers around the world to continue his great legacy as a Nick. His consistency and his lack of size at his position has been my main gripes concerning IQ but my man's scoring is just too good to ignore at this point and February is officially now his for the taking. Funny enough, I was strongly considering putting someone else in this final spot, but IQ's monster fourth quarter against the Clippers and all the glowing reviews he got from Lou Will, Kawhi Leonard, uh coached uh Tyron Lou, uh Paul George, that alone was enough for me to just like fully buy in on the IQ hype. And honestly, it it, it feels like the right call. I got no regrets on this. But do you know who has regrets? A particular sports media outlet who doubted the Knicks' decision to pick quickly up in the draft. They're looking real goofy right now. Like seriously, why would anyone named IQ settle for a grade like a D? The future is looking bright for IQ, be it as a starter or as a heat check bench scorer. Knicks fans everywhere should rejoice. We potentially have the steal of the 2020 draft. Well, I think that will do it for episode one of Showing Love, a New York Knicks podcast and personal audio diary. Um, Before I go, I just want to give a quick shout out to Julius Randle for being our anchor this year. Get this man into the all-star game, preferably as a starter. I'm, I'm not even capping. This guy has just been balling for us and he deserves all the love we can give him for just simply keeping us above our heads above water all season um i also once again want to shout out to my big brother junior your help made this little project of mine possible and i just hope i can make it as good as you think i can make this you know what i'm saying um i also i want to thank you for listening Whether you loved it you hated it or just simply forgot that you had this running in the background thank you for just taking the time to just hear it out to the very end um see y'all in the comment section peace